0: I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County. Our program today, we will explore the 38th annual holiday exhibition. Today's program has been made possible by our generous business sponsors. We are grateful for their support of our efforts to share the history of the county to our community. To see a full listing of our corporate sponsors, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lavelt House, located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share history of Rockland with the public, and we rely on financial support from people just like you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Society, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. My guests today are Ned Kelly, guest curator of the 38th Annual Holiday Exhibition, Joy Rich and Karen Tolly, who are co-authors with John and Judy Waller of a new book entitled Berta and Elmer Hayter, A Lifetime of Art, published by Joyful Productions. And later in the program, we will welcome Jack Geist. Thanks, Ned, Joy, and Karen, for being on Crossroads of Rockland History. And we'll kick off our discussion with Ned. So please tell our listeners a little bit, Ned, if you would, about your background.
1: First, Claire, thanks for having me here today. Sure. My background is, is focused in theater and interior design, but that had brought me to Rockland County 25 years ago to open a restaurant with my brother Peter. We opened the Freelance Cafe, and I began getting to know Rockland County. And 12 years ago, we opened Ned Kelly and Company in Piermont, focused on home and garden design.
0: And could you describe briefly your role in this annual holiday exhibition at the Historical Society?
1: Well, I was excited when they asked if I would come and look about the decor for this event, and I was a little surprised to find myself inside the galleries looking at all of the collection and that we weren't going to just explore decorating the house, but to put this wonderful exhibit together.
0: And if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about the process of how, did, how you decided what to display and how to decorate the 1832 historic farmhouse.
1: Well, we tried to be honest to the house and keep things simple. And as we were going through the collection, I began to realize that these were all gifts that had been given. And at this time of year, it all just came into place. And we thought, wow, this is all about simple gifts. And uh, we started looking at those and seeing what would be related to the season and pulling, whether it was through color or through the season activities, and then put those things in a way that we thought would be interesting.
0: So the theme of the exhibition is simple gifts, which is Mm -hmm. wonderful. Take us back, if you will, to the moment you saw the prints by Berta and Elmer Hayter for the first time.
1: I said, this is the cornerstone. I mean, these were uh, holiday cards, and it just fell into place. They look so simple, beautifully uh, done. And what could be more perfect? The family from Rockland, the holiday. So we said we'd have to feature them prominently.
0: So you knew immediately that you were going to display those.
1: Oh, yeah. That, that said, okay, this is our cornerstone.
0: That's great. So at this time, I'd like to welcome our next guests into the conversation, Joy Horner-Rich, the niece of Berta and Elmer Hayter, and Karen Tolly, And they are co-authors with John and Judy Waller of a new book entitled Berta and Elmer Hayter, A Lifetime of Art, published by Joyful Productions. Joy, welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History. Thank you. Uh, Can you tell our listeners about Berta and Elmer Hayter in case they aren't familiar with them?
2: Well, I was very lucky to have Aunt Berta and Uncle Elmer as my aunt and uncle. And so when we were growing up, we certainly were happy recipients of their many books that they wrote for children. And uh, they won the Caldecott Award in 1949 for the big snow and illustrated 90 other books. It was very lucky to have them as an aunt and uncle. Uh, As I grew up on the West Coast, and they were in New York, we didn't see them very often as uh, uh, in person, but it was wonderful because every time they wrote a book, and as you know, as I said, 90s a lot, and they did books for other people too, they always sent us one. It always had a special picture in the front, and some of the books were really dedicated to us, too, when we were going up, so we were very lucky.
0: So how and when did Berta and Elmer Hayter come to Rockland County?
2: They were here uh, in uh, right after World War I. Elmer had been drafted and uh, was in, in Europe during the war. And when they came back, in the meantime, they both met in San Francisco, actually. And uh, they both eventually moved to New York. And so when Albert came back, Berta was in New York. They were married in 1919 and started taking weekend outings, trying to find a place where they'd like to live. And they stumbled on to, they hoped to be near the water because they loved the, loved the bay in San Francisco. And so when they found Grandview on Hudson, they thought it was absolutely perfect. The river was wide there, it was wide over the bay in San Francisco.
0: They were collaborators in the truest sense of the word, both in their work and in their lives. Can you talk a little bit about this?
2: It was amazing. When I was there, they were working on one of their books, and they were very good about getting up early in the morning, and they would be all settled in their studio. And uh, I watched them as they worked, and Elmer would say, Well, Berta, what do you think of this? And she'd say that he'd pass it over, and she would actually work on the same picture. They would pass them back and forth and discuss it, and it was really an interesting thing to see them do that, but collaborate that closely without, and Elmer would say, well, maybe it's a little more this, or Bertha would make a comment too. So uh, it was just unheard of. I would never thought of anyone doing something like that, but they worked very well and together on all their books.
0: And Karen, you really have worked hard to make sure that the haters' work stays alive. What is it about their books and their lives that captivated you?
3: Well, thanks for asking. I grew up loving the hater books, especially their depiction of animals. And when I met Joy in the 1970s and I started hearing personal stories about them, I just fell in love with the haters and wanted to learn more. We started doing more research and We had in mind that someday we might want to do a book and maybe a documentary, so I just, the more I learned about them, the more I came to love them and wanted to share their legacy.
0: And there is a lifetime of beautiful work that the haters produced, and you have captured that beautifully in your new book. I'd love to hear from both of you on this. Joy, can you describe for us what it was like to put together this book?
2: Well, it was rather hard to find all the things we wanted to do with it, because uh, I had inherited a great deal of their original artwork, and uh, so we, but we had all of that to look at so i i have had a lot of pictures and things that as i said in my basement to uh pick out of and we had a difficult time with that because there was so much of it and so karen and i went through every one of their books to start the process of choosing our our two co-authors the wallers also helped with that and we wanted really to pick up people on the idea of how talented or to give people the idea of how talented they were and how versatile and the the different ways that they could tell a story.
0: So Karen, perhaps you could chime in a little bit on your work putting this book together.
3: Well, Joy was right about how hard it was to pick the images, but because there were thousands of, of images we could have chosen, but we did settle on 285 plus 23 photographs. It was a labor of love you know we found helpful people everywhere we turn when Joy and i traveled to grandview in 2008 to do research jack geist senior was very friendly and helpful and told us a lot of Berta and elmer stories so that was we just kept finding helpful people who wanted to help share this legacy so they made it easy
0: So maybe we could turn to the Christmas cards. I'm delighted to see that in your book there's an entire chapter devoted to these, and that's what we have displayed in our exhibition. Karen, can you tell us a bit about this tradition and how it evolved for Berta and Elmer Hayter over the years?
3: Uh, Certainly. Berta and Elmer started the Christmas card tradition the very first Christmas they were together Every year they would make a block print and they'd produce many copies and then they would personalize each and every one by adding hand-painted touches and by writing a personal greeting on the back. And once their book career started, it always provided a theme of the card because whatever characters were in the book would become the characters that would be on the card. Berta and Elmer were always on the Christmas cards, they they would cartoon themselves in different settings, but once they started that book career, Whiffy McMahon or Bridget and Bridget, I mean, whoever the characters were in the book would be on the card with them.
0: And Joy, do you have any personal recollections or a story about your aunt and uncle that our listeners might want to hear?
2: Yes. What well, they uh, were, always had friends out at their house, and they had one of their books, The Little Stone House, which is a story of them building their house, shows a lot of their friends from New York in some of the pictures in that particular book. And so I met a lot of them and got to spend some time as a 21-year-old in uh, some of their homes in New York City during the war. So that was a really wonderful experience for me. So that they were... Just most uh, uh, honored guests and, host and hostesses. They had people there all the time enjoying their home and themselves.
0: And they really lived life to the fullest, didn't they?
2: Oh, they certainly did. And they, they were uh, very informal, very loving, and had hundreds and hundreds of friends. They were just uh, so nice to everyone.
0: Well, and that really comes through, in, certainly in the Christmas cards and in all of their artwork. Uh, yes, I would agree. So, Karen, if listeners are interested in learning more about your book or your work related to Berta and Elmer Hayter, how can they find out more?
3: Well, we we did donate a copy of of our book to the library in Nyack, and one to the library in Piermont, and one to the Historical Society of Brooklyn County. So anyone can go to any of those three places and just take a look at the book. Um, We do have a website, joyfulproductionspublishing.com, and people can learn about the book or find their way to email us or phone us through that. Uh, Plus all bookstores across the country should be able to order it for any customer, and it's on Amazon.
0: Great. So we'll turn back to Ned. Um, Along with this exquisite artwork, can you describe some of the other things you chose to display?
1: Well, there is a collection of blocks that I found absolutely fascinating. And it seems as much as things change, they don't. And this collection of blocks were used by children that uh, today we look and Legos are out there. And from these blocks to Legos, it's an interesting journey. But I hope you'll take time and look at them. They're Excellent. exquisite.
0: You also discovered the Lucy dolls in uh, the collection. Yep,
1: yeah, the Lucy doll fascinated me.
0: Lucy Geist, the doll creator, was also from Grandview-on-Hudson, living just down River Road from Berta and Elmer Hayter. So a lot of creativity and talent on River Road in the mid-20th century, don't you think?
1: Rockland's always been a center for artists.
0: Now, did you know anything about Lucy Geist when you saw the dolls?
1: I didn't. I didn't.
0: At this time, I'd like to welcome Jack Geist to the program. Good morning, Jack, and thanks for being here today. Okay. Glad to do it. Tell us, if you will, a little bit about your mom and what prompted her to create the Lucy dolls. Well... uh... It uh,
4: happened during the original Depression in 1930. It was a Mother was a very good seamstress, uh, very artistically inclined, and uh, she got a hold of this book, I think by Akeley, that said how to make dolls for fun and profit. And so she started to make these dolls and make any adjustments that she would add to it improved the product she was making, and she did, to earn extra money, although the dolls were never sold for a lot of money. The, uh, I think top price was about $5 or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she would just work endlessly, night and day, to create the dolls and all the dresses that go on the dolls she also made some boy dolls but gave that up because you can't do much decorating for a boy (laughs) trousers and shirts but with a girl you can have endless array of dresses which she was very good at
0: picking out the uh, patterns to uh, use for the doll's dresses. So over the years, it's estimated that Lucy Geist handcrafted 30,000 dolls. Yeah, that's what they say. I never did count it up, but I'll I'll accept that. She must have had an incredible work ethic.
4: Oh, yes. She was very, very much so. She not only made dolls, she hooked rugs and also was an artist and a painter. And she used to exhibit her paintings in the uh, Orangeburg Annual Fair when they had the fair years ago. I think it ended pretty much by the time of uh, World War II, but uh, up to that time, she would get the prizes for her paintings. So she was artistic in many, many
0: ways. And, and not only was she a seamstress and an artist, she was an innovator. Talk a little bit, if you will, about how she invented a way to prevent the little rag doll's head from flopping over.
4: Well, she realized uh, with dolls, sometimes the, the head would bend or, or flop around. It wasn't very, very pretty. So she thought, well, she got the penny nails and wrapped the nails up in cotton and then put them in in the neck of the doll so the doll's head would always stay in place. And that was the thing, one of the things that she added
0: to the way of making the doll. What are some of your other recollections about your mother?
4: Oh, uh, she was a very uh, modern type person. For one thing, she used to always do the New York Times crossword puzzles every Sunday. And I would go over to visit her because she lived in in her own house now on the 52 River Road. And uh, I would help her with it. She was very good at that. But also she was very liberal. She always brought us up to respect all people whether they were black people or or other than white, said that they all
0: were entitled to respect. And that was a very wonderful thing to know. So one of your mom's dolls is even in the Chrysler Museum in Detroit. Yeah,
4: I I only learned this recently. I, I really, a lot of the stuff I didn't know, part of the problem was that in growing up i never got around to asking my mother or father anything about them about themselves which i think is a big mistake i mean Kids should always ask their parents uh, about their history, about how they met, and uh, what they did, and so on. And because otherwise, they, they don't, uh, it would be end up like me. Uh, my, my father, who worked at the Journal News, knew practically all the politicians and all the police uh, chiefs uh, and mayors in, in Rockland County because he worked for Journal News Mm -hmm. and was a photographer and uh, a reporter. And uh, he would be all over the place, and he would write a, a sportsman's column for the Journal News. But I never took interest in any of this, which was a big mistake. Don't make that mistake.
0: Ned, isn't it remarkable the level of talent Rockland County has had over the years? I
1: really have found it exciting to discover all the people who have been attracted to this small county. And it is a tiny county, but with a tremendous group of very fine artists, from performing to painting. It's exciting to be here.
4: Well, uh, in connection with the haters, Dad and Mother knew them very well, and they would always receive these enormous Christmas cards. They were really big Christmas cards. And unfortunately, Uh, due to various circumstances in my life they're gone. i wish i had them because i would be very happy to donate them but i don't have them but it's
0: true exactly they were just a wonderful people these holiday cards that we have on view in our exhibition were generously donated to the historical society by another very important Rockland County resident, Isabel Savelle. Oh, yes. Oh, I know Isabel. Yeah, so, you her. know, we feel very fortunate that we have been the recipient at the Historical Society of so many wonderful things that, are, that tell the story of Rockland County. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier in the broadcast, our mission is to share that with the public. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Ned Kelly, Joy Horner-Rich, Karen Tolley, and Jack Geist, for being part of today's program. To find out about Ned Kelly's shop in Piermont, you can visit him on the web at nedkellyandco.com, or take a trip there to 458 Piermont Avenue in Piermont. You can call him at 845-359-4480. The new book about Berta and Elmer Hayter, once again, is called Berta and Elmer Hayter, A Lifetime of Art, published by Joyful Productions. You can learn more about this book and so much more about the haters at www.haterconnection.com. And it's available lots of other ways, too. Uh, You can get it at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, or wherever fine books are sold. So please do visit our website. Uh, You can like us on Facebook as well. That's a a nice way to find out about what's happening at the Historical Society. Please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org or call us at 845-634-9629 to learn more about all of our events and programs. If you'd like to be on our email list, just go to our website and place your email address at the bottom of the page. And of course... You can find out about what's happening at the Historical Society if you like us on Facebook. I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and wrcr.com.